0: Welcome back! Welcome back! Welcome back! This is Ninjas of the Color Season Two. I'm your host Wayne Olly. Uh Please rate us, review us at where you get your podcast. Give us five stars. Give us four stars. Please listen up. Uh, today it's the day after Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa! Merry Christmas! And we will be getting into all stuff to being caught up. Thank you so much for listening. we are back. This is 2022, December 26th, Yes, and the first thing we want to talk about is Black Panther 2. Yes, it was released, and we're getting some negative feedback and stuff like that from people that believe that it shitted on black people, but it it went ahead and boasted other minorities. Uh, so you listen to Dr. Umar, listen to other people. I like the movie, but it was not better than the first one. You can tell that this was a rushed plot because from reports, the original plot, they were going to address coming back from the snap, and they had to pivot due to the death of Chadwick Boseman, so uh, let's get into it.
1: Do not call him General or King. Call him Kukul Khan, the feather serpent god. Killing him will risk
2: eternal war. He's coming for the surface world.
0: Truth be told, I like the movie, but it wasn't better than the first one, and it portrayed Wakanda as weak. I can see why people got mad at that. It introduced um, Namor, and Namor is the Marvel version of Aquaman, but he's a little bit crazier. Because in the comics, he laid waste to everybody and didn't care what he did. So... I understand where the kickback was because they pivoted again they pivoted from uh, a movie dealing with them coming back from the snap to the death of Chad Boseman. it was a very the best part of the movie was the first probably 30 minutes when they played tribute to Chadwick Boseman uh, I think it did a good job of that part but the uh, second half of the movie had a lot to be desired Zuri fell in love with, um, what's his name? Cuckoo Clown or Namor. Didn't make any sense, but hey, Ironheart was a throw-in. I really like what she did because she was the Tony Stark, I guess, of the, the episode where she invented the machine that found Vibranium in the sea. And they killed off, um, the queen. That was crazy. They killed her off. And spoiler alert! I forgot to put spoiler alert in there. marker comes back. She made the flake plant, and then she star. Killamorgan, because she was upset. Maybe in the next one, I hope to get a next one to redo this one because they had to read That rewrite is probably what messed up the movie, and it got a it got an Academy Award nomination. It should, because it's a black movie, but. Uh, spoiler alert, I liked it. It's not in my top 10 for the year, but it's probably 11. Not going to do it 10. So, uh, Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. Yeah, I think it can, it can be a Blu-ray special. But, they just, uh, if they do a third one, uh, more Shuri in the suit, more Ironheart, more black people. No disrespect to the Mayans, we like y'all too, but it is about Wakanda. Okay, moving on, we're going on to Avatar, The Way of the Water. Let's get it.
1: I feel her. I hear her heartbeat. She's so close. I see you. See. The way of water connects all things. Before your birth and after your death. This is all.
0: spoiler alert yes this movie is about outcasts. it's three and a half hours long it's probably an hour and a half too much but I still like the movie the movie was good uh, it was three what five main characters in the movie or three storylines I think uh, the storyline with Sully being running from the old guy the old army guy became a a Navi by downloading his memory um then you have the miracle baby trying to find her way then you have the oddball son who is trying to live up to his father then you have the humans trying to get a regenerative I guess serum from the death of whales so yeah, it was. I liked the movie. It's gonna make a lot of money. Uh, I think they set it up for, I guess, a third one with the little with the old man in the blue body and his son probably gonna reconnect. The death of Sully's older son uh, is that, and then there's the miracle baby trying to find out who her father is. And truth be told, yeah, it's it is a good movie. A little bit too long for me, but best you see it at IMAX. Um, I guess this movie was based on um, endangered species, because a lot of of it was uh, like a whaling movie, showing that that whale whaling is bad for the ocean and for the planet. I liked it. I'm an invent- I'm an environmentalist. Knock on wood. Hopefully it'll be around for kids and stuff like that. Uh, There's nothing really bad. Only bad thing about the movie was it's just three and a half hours. That's a little bit too long for me. A little bit of death, so your kids, uh, thirteen and under, if yeah, they can go see it because it's a visually stunning movie. It's good, so I'll give that best to watch it at. um, IMAX, so go ahead and check that out. Um, The next thing that we're going to talk about is the Beast Wars trailer. Check it out. Amen. And gentlemen, this trailer is off the chain because we have Mirage, Optimus Primal, Cheetor, Air RC, Bumblebee, Optimus Prime, um, I think Rhinox. I haven't seen the Rat Trap. Uh, yes, if you didn't know, I, I am a Transformers head, and this is. What I've been waiting for. Yeah. And I don't know again, I don't understand why they have kids in this thing. Why? The human element is not needed. It needed to be on like on Beast Wars. There was no human element until the final season. And that's when they left. And humans or anthropods wasn't even in close. But hey, it is what it is. And the Septicons should be who they always who they always should be always should in some form is Megatron, so it's kind of crazy that he's not here they got um somebody else um yeah bumblebee is there I like how they did Mirage I like the uh, I like the uh, how they did him and having biggie as the the, the, the soundtrack was totally cool and I hope that like all movies these are uh, trailers these are just not the best parts of the movie and the movie sucks well it's not I don't think Bay is not uh, directing it I hope he's not because I don't see his name on it but hopefully he won't be there because they are from the trailer it looks like it's time travel it's a time travel story because in the original, even the comics, the uh, Autobots would follow the Decepticons back in time because they stole the golden disc. And if they introduce the golden disc, cool that they don't. That's fine. But I hope, I really hope that they at least do some kind of thing with the comic. That either the comic or the 90s show that we actually understand what it is and we can uh, die hard die hard fans can uh, lament how we do this and I don't understand why we don't have to why well, we have to wait so it had to come from um, what's the name um, the dude who did Bumblebee, so, I'm hyped, it's coming next year, around my birthday as usual, they usually do it in June, so, hey, that's awesome, so now, we are moving on to Andor, yes, I said Andor, it was a great series, so, we're gonna check it out,
1: steal from the Empire
3: to just walk in like you belong. They're so proud of themselves. So fat and satisfied They can't imagine that someone like me Who would ever get inside their house. Cassianander. The Empire is choking us so slowly. We're starting not to notice. Wouldn't you rather give it all to something real? I need all the heroes I can get. For the greater good. Call it what you will. Let's call it
4: war.
1: Chance film miss what I'm really doing. What are you really doing? This is what revolution looks like. I'm tired of losing.
3: sacrifice calm kindness kinship love I've given up all chance at inner peace I made my mind a sunless face I share my dreams with ghosts I wake up every day to an equation I wrote 15 years ago from which there's only one conclusion. I'm damned for what I do. My anger, my ego, my unwillingness to yield, my, my eagerness to fight has set me on a path from which there's no escape. I yearn to be a savior against injustice without contemplating the cost, and by the time I look down, there's no longer any ground beneath my feet. What is my, what is my sacrifice? I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemies. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. Now, the ego that started this fight will never have a, a mirror or an audience or the light of gratitude. So, what do I sacrifice? Everything! <laughs> Stay with me, Lonnie. I need
0: all the heroes I can get. Alright. Andor. Andor was uh, the best, or one of the best, shows of 2022. Uh, Because it's a Star Wars show... That didn't have lightsabers didn't have Jedi didn't have Sith it's an espionage show I don't remember them saying anything about a Jedi not once or a Sith you heard probably the Empire because it was just coming out but everything else it's how to build a rebellion and this was awesome writing if you weren't a Star Wars fan and you watched this show and you hated it, you're biased. Yes, I said you're biased because this was awesome writing, awesome acting. The thing they did, they reversed engineered a story from the end or the starting of uh, the starting of um, Rogue One. To the end of episode three, like in between there, that's what they did, and they they put the players in place that got you there, that held you every week. I think it was ten or twelve episodes. There's going to be a season two, uh, and that's that's good because it's a it's good writing. It's a good show, and I really do hope that it gets an award. Whatever TV award, if it gets a Golden Globe, Emmy, whatever it should, because it's worth binging it for the 10 or 12 episodes that it was, and it gives you the, the story of how Andor became, or started the, started his way to being a key player in the Rebellion. Uh, I really hope that uh, you can actually buy it on Blu-ray or DVD or just get um to uh, <laughs> Disney uh, Disney Plus to check it out. And on that case it is a thumbs up on Andor. Uh, moving on, we're going to go to is Florida State back. Are they back? Are they back? This year Stage and gentlemen, I think the Florida State Seminoles football team is on the horizon. They've won four of the last five, and they're on their way to probably winning their bowl against Oklahoma, which is on the 29th, and they're getting a lot of key starters back on offense. Um, Jordan Davis is probably going to be one of the front runners for Heisman, and the last time... Florida State quarterback won the Heisman. They won the national championship, so fingers crossed. It's going to be probably one of the top ten offenses and defenses. If I haven't heard any people that are voted for the league yet, and I really think that they're going to make a dent this uh, next year, 2023, because the year before they One with Jameis Winston's crew. The year before, they were like uh, I think eight and four. They beat Florida and they beat Miami in the same year. And again, we beat Florida and we beat Miami in the same year. So that's that wasn't that was a long time coming. Yes, yes it was. So be on the lookout for Florida State. So now we're going to move on to the college football playoffs Four teams: Ohio State, TCU, Georgia, Michigan. As it stands right now, Ohio State plays TCU. Georgia plays Michigan. In my opinion, I think it's going to be Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan will upset their ass again for a national championship. I could be wrong, because Georgia looks beatable this year. Uh, the Michigan running back. Who should have won the Heisman uh, It's gonna be healthy the offensive line um, I don't think TCU is can beat Ohio State because of the wide receivers uh, so we're gonna get a rematch in the championship game between Ohio State and Michigan and I think again Michigan is gonna whoop the ass and it's gonna be good because Ohio State is the devil if you didn't know and just to be that's kind of crazy that they think that having a third rematch it wouldn't help but I think it would it would be a, a good rematch for them so they can go ahead and pencil that in and take my word for it and yes we can have Ohio State Michigan for a third time and the ratings will be through the roof um at this point we can pause for a sponsor I like to put a sponsor in. so if you're listening and you want to sponsor something for your products please we can put your sponsor right here uh, in this break so we can help you help us rate us if you want to give us four stars give us five stars just give us any stars we're available on all platforms now I think except Apple So, we're trying to get on Apple, but we're on everything else. Great review. Give us a shout-out. Okay, now we're moving on to baseball. Yes, baseball. And check this out.
2: I'm Robert Flores with some breaking news. Another day, another shortstop with a new team, courtesy a mega deal. Dansby Swanson leaving the Atlanta Braves. For the Chicago Cubs, NBC Sports Chicago, first to report it on Saturday afternoon. ESPN have the numbers, seven years, $177 million. So Dansby Swanson, after winning a World Series with the Atlanta Braves two years ago, now hoping to do the same with the Chicago Cubs in the years to come. Our colleague Joel Sherman put out a tweet that had the top four shortstops. All totaled, their deals, over $1.1 billion in new contracts. Correa got the most years and the most money. Mark Feinstein, our MLB.com executive reporter and insider here at the network, joins us now. Mark, what is the
4: industry saying about the contracts that the top four shortstops got? Well, you know, I think unlike a year ago when Correa had to settle for a short-term deal with the opt-out and and hit the market again this year, all four of them got paid. You said the number right there, $1.1 billion for four players. And I think Swanson actually benefited the most from the other three guys signing and signing when they did, because Trey Turner went off the board first. Bogart's got a huge deal at the end of the winter meetings. Correa signed his deal earlier this week, and that left Swanson as the last man standing with four or five teams still in looking for shortstop help, including the Cubs. Most people coming into the winter thought Swanson was looking at like a six-year deal, maybe $150 but once he became the last guy standing, the Marcus Simeon deal for 7 and 175 last year came into play. He got even $2 million more than that.
2: Mark, uh, D'Ensby Swanson is
4: a winner. He is a guy that plays every day. What does he bring to the Cubs lineup? Well, he brings a lot. He brings, you know, obviously great defense and some leadership, some winning, you know, for a team that's in a bit of a rebuild and trying to get back to where they were six, seven years ago, uh, having a guy who's had postseason success and, um, you know, really thrived the last two years. You know, the last two years have been sort of a turnaround in his career. Um, and so when you look at the defense up the middle now with him and Nico Horner, who moves the second, Bellinger in the center uh they've really improved that up the middle defense uh and obviously swanson will will do something to help their lineup as well so uh you know for a team that came into the offseason really looking to upgrade that shortstop spot with one of these four guys when it comes down to one of them being left and you get them i'm sure the uh cubs are feeling pretty good right now
2: mark what about uh dansby swanson's former
4: team the atlanta the atlanta braves where do they go from here I don't think they go anywhere. I think Vaughn Grissom probably takes over at shortstop. I think that was probably the plan all along. Uh, it didn't sound like they were going to get involved in trying to bring Swanson back at the money he was going to take. Um, and so I think they're comfortable with Grissom moving over to short. Maybe they go out and look for a, a you know a stopgap or a one-year kind of guy. Uh, you know, Jose Iglesias is a guy who's all of a sudden going to be pretty popular yeah. amongst those teams that don't have shortstops because he's a veteran who can go out there and catch the ball. Uh, and, and hit just enough. So, you know, perhaps Atlanta looks at that market, but wouldn't surprise me at all if they just if they just go with Grissom there at shortstop. Mark Feinstein, our insider and executive reporter
2: for MLB.com, with the latest on Dansby Swanson. Mark, we appreciate the time. Thanks. Thanks, Ruth.
0: Thank you for MLB.com. Okay, folks, this is not a surprise. I saw the writing on the wall from probably six months back in the season when they didn't when they offered him the money and he didn't sign the crazy thing is he said he would have signed for 100 men I doubt he would but people keep forgetting the Braves are a small market team they're not in the realms of the San Francisco Giants the Padres the Phillies the Mets the Dodgers the Cubs who got money the Braves payroll is probably 190 And if I always tell people, if somebody's gonna offer you $177 million, go ahead and take it. I know the Braves would have been probably better, but he would have stunted um Grissom's growth at short. Right now the Braves infield would be Olsen at first, Ozzy at second, Grissom at short, uh uh Grissom and I forgot the guy's name. He plays in Venezuela, and um, Raleigh at third. This team is good for a while, cause I think Albie's didn't come up for another f- probably two to three years. Max, they think about trading uh, Max, Max Freed. You gotta be insane, but they got what's his name under contract. But if they if they do it correctly, they can probably compete for championships in the next 6 to 7 years. And that monster in right field, that monster in right field comes back next year, he's going to win MVP. You're going to see why he's going to be worth about 350 uh, 450 coming soon. So hopefully they can do that. Um, I really hope that they go ahead and allow them to grow together cuz that's going to be a scary team coming in the next four to five years. All right. Moving on. We're moving on to MLG, MLB contracts are out of out of bounds this year because the Mets have spent a lot of money and they're not going to win uh, a ring. Knock on wood because it's probably spent about eight, eight, $800 million on like six people. Yeah, the Braves haven't spent anything because they got their players locked up. Padres, I think the Padres um signed Gobart Bogart and they got um some the guy from um Juan Soto. Him. Um, Cody Bellinger signed for uh, with the Cubs but that was a one year deal. But it is what it is, man. Baseball got money. Them T V contracts and people going out. So them saying baseball is dead, I doubt. I don't think it is, uh, but guess what? We're gonna see in the next six or seven months, how it is. All right, moving on. Coach Prime goes to Colorado, and he gets a big recruit, but we knew what was happening. Check it out.
5: And now it's official, like a gangster with a pistol or a ref with a whistle. Travis Hunter is a buff. Skol! Buffs off the top, he finally released the video of his commitment to Colorado and to Coach Prime, which he said specifically, he's going to honor that commitment. He committed to him at Jackson State. He's going to honor that commitment and commit to him and follow him to Colorado. He said he weighed his options, wanted to see what his girlfriend wanted to do, his, his, his family wanted to do, where would they be comfortable at, and ultimately, they said, make your decision, follow your heart. And he said he wanted to go back with Coach Prime. He felt like he was developed enough at Jackson State. Coach Prime is doing what he said he was going to do. And that's enough of a reason to go follow him to Boulder, Colorado. And, man, Boulder is, is highly underrated for as a city for what they can offer to a guy coming from a place like Georgia or anywhere in the southeast. We just haven't experienced a place like Boulder. It's going to be a different experience for them. I think it's going to elevate them to different levels, just being in a different environment than where they come from. It's time now for Colorado to elevate the game. Now they got Travis Hunter in the fold. Now can he get a guy like Kamani McClain, another top-rated five-star cornerback that Coach Prime can develop on the other side of Travis Hunter. Man, that would be super scary, or even Denver Harris if he hasn't committed yet. So there's still another late signing day that's going to go on. Uh, A lot of other commitments will come about. Shout-out to Tyler Brown, who came over from Jackson State, also the center for Shador and Jackson State. He's going to be a Colorado buff, but this is huge news right here. Travis Hunter has made his commitment and signed his letter of intent to play with Coach Prime in the the Pac-12. How does this impact the Pac-12? How does this impact their possible preseason top 25 ranking for Colorado? What does it do for any other recruits that are still out there that hasn't made the the decision yet? Will they even consider Colorado coming up now? I think it's a big time move made by Coach Carnett's coach step to get Travis Hunter once again. School bus. Let me know if you think. think
0: like from all right, kids. All right, kids. Um we seen this coming a mile away too. He was set to transfer from Jackson State just like Dion was. But guess what? We all knew he was going to Colorado. And my opinion, <coughs> excuse me. In my opinion, uh, Deion wasn't set to be at Jackson State forever, so why people getting mad at that? I don't understand either. So it is what it is. He got a beef with the uh, wide receiver at Florida State because he said, No, Trevor's over here. Well, he's spurring us for Jackson State. Well, I ain't got no problem with that. The NIL money was good, so let him do that. So, uh, like I said, I'm uh, fan of Coach Prime from days at Florida State. Days um, at um Florida State, Falcons. I hope the best for him. it probably take about two years to get the people in that he needs to get in. So, more power to him. And I hope he makes uh, at least the top twenty-five in his first year. So, moving on to the NFL. The NFL is it is what it is. The Falcons have been eliminated from from playoff contention. They just too many injuries and not not some uh, not being consistent. Uh, they lost to the Panthers on a Thursday night because of Mariota, but they show promise they show promise that they can win when they need to but next year with that more money of i think it's maybe 96 or 97 million dollars under the cap they can go out and get players and stuff like that Desmond Ritter doesn't look bad as a quarterback he just needs more talent he has one receiver tight end is out and this crazy stuff with Mariota leaving the team so again the Falcons have been eliminated from playoff contention they got a top 10 pick let's see what they do
6: After head coach Arthur Smith announced Desmond Ritter was replacing him, a seasoned quarterback claims he left to address a chronic knee issue. But Smith hasn't exactly corroborated the story. It's also uncertain whether Marcus plans on returning to Atlanta. In the meantime, the Falcons have done a lot to get Ritter ready to start. Stay tuned for more on the story. First up, a performance based decision. Arthur Smith isn't beating around the bush when it comes to replacing Marcus Mariota with Desmond Ritter as the starting quarterback. Despite a lot of rumors and theories, Smith claims. It's purely a performance-based decision to help the Falcons finish strong. Atlanta is currently third in the NFC South. And even though most of the teams are struggling in that division, the competition is tough, and the Falcons will have to pick things up if they want to make an impact. Mariota, on the other hand, hasn't really been too vocal about his exit, as he left the team just one day after the announcement. The 29-year-old claims he left to deal with a chronic knee issue, but Arthur says that's just his prerogative since it hasn't been an issue the entire season. I'm not a medical expert. He's Just telling you, it had nothing to do with that decision, and we'll just see how the week plays out. And while the coach claims these are important conversations, he has to have. The change has not sat too well with Marcus, as Josh Kendall from The Athletic claims there's no indication he'll return. Mariota wasn't in the building when Arthur informed the press either, but that was because his wife had just gone into labor with their first child. There's probably a lot going on right now, and after being benched, the 29-year-old QB might just want to get away for a while as he adjusts to his new role. Next. a risky decision. Now, to be fair, Marcus has been doing pretty well this season, considering the fact that he isn't exactly throwing the ball to elite receivers. Drake London has done an excellent job at the offensive end, and we're not trying to take anything away from him, but he's still a rookie. He has a really bright future ahead of him. But yeah, if we're talking about Mariota's performance, he's done well. The 29-year-old has made 62% of his passes, and has thrown nearly 2,200 yards, with 15 touchdowns and 9 interceptions. And the Atlanta Falcons don't exactly have an issue with QBs considering they have Ritter, Franks, and Woodside. But here's the thing. With Marcus out of the picture, these three quarterbacks have only thrown a total of four NFL passes. And while a lot of people argue the decision might just end up paying off, Desmond isn't exactly a slam dunk. Marcus was also going to be plan B if Ritter was unable to deliver. But now that he's out with absolutely no indication of when or if he'll come back, Arthur has found himself in a tricky spot. Later, the coach talked about how Mariota will probably be headed to injured reserves after he gets his knee surgery, but his future at Atlanta is still a bit hazy. Smith is still sticking with his original statement, though as he claims the decision has nothing to do with the injury. All he cares about is ensuring the team continues to progress and gets over the hump they've been facing in the 22-23 season. Moving on, Mariota's beefy contract. The star QB managed to negotiate a really beefy contract with the Falcons. But it's very complicated since the front office structured it to give themselves an out. Mariota is set to earn an astonishing $18 million in two years, but none of it is guaranteed. It includes a $5 million signing bonus, $6.75 million guaranteed, and an average salary of $9.75 million. And even though the Falcons can choose to part ways with Marcus in 2023, he'll still be entitled to a 9 mil base salary and a $3 million roster bonus. But absolutely none of that is guaranteed. Can you believe? that. His only guaranteed money in 2023 is a $2.5 million pro-rated bonus. So since Atlanta has a way to cut ties with the 29-year-old quarterback in 2023 without breaking the bank, there's a possibility he might just have to find a new home if he doesn't give the franchise a return date. Or even if he doesn't give a return date, he should be a bit more clear about his future, right? It's obvious the switch-up isn't sitting well with him, and there's too much confusion right now since head coach Arthur is backtracking about the injury. As we said before, He claims the decision was based on performance, and his knee had not been an issue while playing all season. But he backtracked and said he'll be heading to the injured reserves after getting surgery. If you ask us, we don't think the Falcons will be too keen on cutting ties since he adds a lot of value to the team. Now for a higher ceiling, but a lower floor. Arthur Smith has been going on and on about the switch-up being a performance-related decision. But what does that even mean? You can't just blame Marcus for the entire team now, can you? Or is he trying to say something else here that we're not Quite getting. Well, if you ask us, we think it has to do with what Ritter can deliver. He's being labeled as a talented and capable QB who might have a higher ceiling than Marcus. Sure, he doesn't have the experience yet, but if we're talking about his eagerness to come out and perform, then he just might have an edge over the 29 year old. But at the same time, there are a lot of drawbacks to this decision. We already told you about how there's no experienced QB on the bench now, but the one we're about to talk about now has to do with his higher ceiling. While the coach thinks Desmond might be able to add something extra to the team. There's also some possibility for things to go wrong. He might have a higher ceiling, but that also means he has a lower floor. Marcus has always been a safety net because he's reliable. You can expect him to make good offensive plays since he passes with an accuracy of over 62%. And while Ritter was impressive during his days at Cincinnati, we don't know about his floor yet. Is he as reliable as the 29-year-old? Can he be considered a good safety net? We're guessing only time will tell now. Following up, offensive coordinator Dave has been leading the preparations. His philosophy behind the training is very special. He sat all the QBs down and shared his life story about throwing his career down because he never took practice seriously. All the drills, the scout team periods, the extra reps. He thought all of that was just to throw the ball around and stay in rhythm. Ragon never thought of it as development, which is probably why he had such a short-lived football career lasting only two games. After experiencing firsthand what a lack of seriousness and unpreparedness can do. Dave is not taking a risk when it comes to Desmond Ritter, or any QB for that matter. He has one simple philosophy when it comes to training now. Treat each week as if you're going to start. He doesn't want guys like Desmond or Franks to just think of it as throwing the ball around and staying in rhythm. He wants them to think it's the last training session before they get called to start with the big boys. And if they're stepping into training with that mentality, every rep, every drill, every session will count. They'll go all out every single time. Ritter claims Dave's philosophy and story have helped him a lot with getting ready as a starting quarterback for the Falcons. Up next, sticking around after practice. Dave's done an excellent job at creating a strong culture at the Falcons. All the rookies and the boys on the bench know they have to be ready for the call-up. They have to be prepared at all times because you never know when an opportunity might come knocking at the door. When practice is finally over and the starters make their way back to the locker room, Desmond is often spotted sticking around wearing the red quarterback jersey looking for more. About half an hour after practice, Ritter is imagining himself as a starter, making plays and mimicking starting QBs to get a feel for how the Falcons operate on the field. Credit to the training staff as well, though they have not overloaded him with too much training, and instead they focus on getting him familiar with Atlanta's offense. Because when Ritter has a clear idea of what goes on on the field and how the players actually play, it's going to be much easier to start and dish solid offensive plays. It's all about mastering the game plan, and Dave, along with the rest of the coordinators, have been seeing him make steady improvements every week. Or look at it this way, starting is the easy bit. It's being confident about starting that really pushes you to the next level. And last but not least, he's been waiting. When Ritter first arrived on the scene in Atlanta, Coach Arthur Smith had a chat with him straight away. Smith made it super clear that he would not be starting and had to show he was ready before he finally gets a chance to perform. The rookie quarterback said he completely trusted the coach's decision and can't wait to repay him with success on the field. Let's see how his performance as a starting QB goes. We're expecting a lot of big things from the 23-year-old. That's it from our side, folks. So what do you think? Will Marcus Mariota return to the Falcons?
0: Nope, he's out of town. He will not be back with the Falcons. They're going to cut him. They can afford letting him go. They can afford kicking him to the curb. They can afford all of that. They have enough money next year to get a backup. To let some people go, but like I said, the Falcons are eliminated from playoff contention, so they're just playing for a draft pick now. Like I always say, it's best to be really, really bad and be mediocre or 50 50 in the NFL. Either you're e- either super good or you're super bad. Higher the higher the draft choice, the better the player you get. So either one you picking in the top five or 30 or 32. That means you're one to the Super Bowl. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Ninjas of Another Color. Please rate us, review us. Uh, Spotify, TuneIn, Google, all the others except Apple. Rate us review us, give us five stars, give us four stars. Hey, donate to the cause. On Cash App. Zel. Our email address is Ninjas of another Ninjas of Another Color at Gmail. Drop us a line. Tell us how we're doing. And with that, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie.
2: Die Hard is not
3: a Christmas movie. It's a goddamn Bruce Willis movie. So a yippee ki yay to all of you motherfuckers.
1: Good.